Why, hello, and welcome to Demimond Paranormal Podcast. I'm Tori, your host for this evening, and the creator and owner of Demimond Paranormal on Facebook.com. In tonight's journey, we are going to be talking about the fairy realm. It should be very fascinating. We are going to be talking about the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the very ugly. So let's dive right in, shall we? Let's explore the forgotten world of the Celtic folklore of fairies in the fairy realm. So join me, won't you, as we learn about several different types of fairies and goblins and fairy-like spirits that existed hundreds, if not thousands, of years ago. Here we go. Hi everybody and welcome to our first part of tonight's episode. In this first segment, we are just going to be going over what is a fairy in a nutshell. So basically, fairies have been around for hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of years. They all, and they have all had all different names from all around the world. And different beliefs come from the, they have all different names and all different beliefs circulate around the fae or the fairies. Some believe that fairies are fallen angels who were too bad for heaven but too good for hell. The type of fairy depend on the type of fairy that the fallen angel, if you would, would become is based off of where they would it was based off of the location of which they had fallen to. For instance, if they fell into water, 
they will become water fairies. If they would fall into the forest, they would become wood nymphs. Wood nymphs. However, some people believe that they are the spirits of unbaptized children. The fairies can be the size of an average person or they can only be a few inches high. They can also assume the appearance of anything they like. Sometimes, even to their liking, they can assume the appearance of a dog or even a flower or a deer. I'm sorry, not a dog, a deer or even a falcon or a flower. It's believed that the Fae are divided into two groups. Now these two groups are the, are the peasantry and the aristocracy. The peasantry are solitary fairies who are descendants of or who at the beginning of, of time ensouled all of nature. They are the guardians of tree and field, the mountain stream, and the forest pool. However, or on the other hand, the aristocracy are known as the trooping fairies, who are believed to have descended from the ancient vanquished gods. They are thought to dwell in underground kingdoms, or so in the deepest seas. The name fairy is thought to have come from the three fates or the three spirits Clotho, Lashes, and Othpus. Now these three fates who preside over the, des the destiny over each and every individual. Also, it could also derive from the Gaelic words fey, which means friends, and I and re, which means green. So altogether, fairy means green friend. And it appears now this term appears around the mid the Middle Ages. In other countries and cultures in the Arabic mythology, the fairy is known as the jinn, and in Greek mythology, the fairy is known as the nymphs. So, let's get into the types of fairies, or the types of fae. The Yumbos are African fairies, 
Now, I couldn't find out where exactly these types of fairies are from, which country or what region of Africa they were from, but apparently they're about two feet high and they are all white in color. And their favorite place to haunt or lurk is in the range of hills known as the Paps, the Palms. Another type of fairy that we're going to be talking about is the Japanese, the Japanese Yosei. These Japanese fairies who are often depicted in the forms of birds, birds such as cranes and swans. The Lama from Lithuania, this Lithuanian fairy, is thought to dwell in the forests near water and stones, and by the 18th century, this term was used to denote a witch or hag that has the ability to turn into a frog or a toad. The fairy, however, was known just before that term got associated with witches and hags. The fairies themselves were known to be very beautiful deities with long flowing hair. Now, these fairies, um, known in Wales as the fair people, now, these fairies, or the, the fair people, as we should say, are known to live in lakes and streams in the hollows of hills. The females are known as the mothers, and this is also a link, um, something that links these fairies to the Celtic pagan deities called Dematers. Moonlight dances, the supernatural passage of time, and the stealing of children and replacing them with changelings are associated with these types of fairies. The fair people. Also, another type of pre-Christian fairies in a land not so far away from Wales, known as Ireland, the, tri the tribe of Dana. These, are thought, these fairies are thought to be the pre-Christian gods of Ireland. Sometimes, sometimes these fairies or fairy-like spirits are presented as heroes, or even fairies, plain out fairies. But they are thought to be pre-Christian gods of Ireland. Now here's an interesting one. Willow the Wisp. Now this is a spirit. This is a spirit of the bogs. And 
its delight is to just cause mischief or just to mislead belated travelers, just to throw them off course. Our next type of fairy here is known as the she. Now the she are known in Scotland and in Ireland, the Scottish Highlands and the Irish Highlands. Um, they are described as beautiful but very old and very large aristocratic fairies with great power. They are usually attracted to the very wealthy themselves and the very beautiful themselves as well. Our next type of fae here is known as the sloth. Now these evil fae in Scottish folklore are believed to have been fallen angels that roam the midnight skies on earth in search of lost souls. The name sloth means the host, which is used as a euphemism to avoid invoking them by name and also to protect yourself and others from any harm caused by these fearsome fairies. Next is a banshee that you may be pretty familiar with. This banshee is known as, well, I just gave it away, didn't I? The banshee is, as, yeah, you heard that right, it is actually considered a fairy of the fairy realm. Now, as you may know, the banshee belongs to both Scotland and Ireland. Now, the ban for those of you who don't know, the Banshee is a female spirit fairy who is attracted to certain families. In Ireland, I know that it has to be a family that is that has a bloodline of 100% Irish blood, undisturbed, un, you know, untainted with some other nationality. It is also said that when, as we know, it is also said that when a family member is doomed to die or is about to die, the family will be able to hear the banshee crying and wailing. And that, and that marks the warning of an impending death. 
our next type of fae is the elves. Now, these are another name for which trooping fairies are known. They can be... They can be settled into the... Unsilly Court or the Seely Court in Scotland. According to Scotland tradition, they are thought to bring disease and to they're thought to bring disease to animals and to humans. They're also thought to bring bad dreams to humans by sitting upon the chest. And as you guys may know, we have covered something at least similar to that in our sleep paralysis podcast you can find it still on anchor.com all you have to do you have to do is look through through the episodes and you should be able to find it it was a few episodes ago i don't know if it's in this season or last season but it's still there so you know if you're interested give it a listen Our next type of fae we're going to be talking about here is the Slifts. Now these spirit fairies, and the name comes from the Greek word sylphy, which means butterfly or moth. These fairies are thought to be transparent and quite elusive, and they are always surrounded by a glow. They defend the high mountain peaks which they are thought to reside. The Rod in Slavic folklore, these fairies are thought to be the spirits of deceased females or ancestors. They are thought to be goddesses of fate and fairies. They appear as three women. They will appear at the foot of a child's cradle and decide that child's fate and destiny. It kind of makes you think about um, Sleeping Beauty with the three, you know, the three little pixies or fairy. Well, actually, no, they didn't define. They gave her gifts. But I guess in a strange way, Maleficent kind of decided her fate and her destiny. So, basically, well, I mean, a kind of, yeah. But the three little pixies really didn't. It was the evil one who decided her fate, Briar Rose. But I wonder if that's what, they, that folklore, I wonder if that's what, you know, inspired the story of Sleeping Beauty a little bit. Who knows? Maybe. Our next fairy, or our next type of fae, comes from Albania. The parried 
They are female mountain deities of great beauty. They are dressed in all white, and they are regarded as good fairies. But if you make them mad by spilling bread, they will become angry and give you a hump as punishment. And kind of, and also I just want to mention that all throughout these fairy lands or the locations of folklore that has to do with fairies that I found, I've only found a few that is from England. Most of them are from, you know, Scotland and Ireland and Wales, but very few are from England. Maybe a few are, but not as much and not quite as diverse as those three other countries. This fairy, though, is from England. The the Fiorin is an English fairy that is used collectively. That term is used collectively, collectively, for all the fae who are usually friendly towards mankind. Or at least they are neutral. They are depicted as small creatures with green skin. And they are usually wearing a red hat. They are said to enjoy singing and dancing. And that's according to English folklore. And also in English folklore there is also the bogle. Which if you watch. If you may be. Um familiar with it if you watch Harry Potter or if you're, you know, if you don't. And if you're from England. And... But basically, the bogles are just there to scare you and show you show you your worst nightmares and what you're most afraid of. So that might come slightly similar or familiar if you watch that. Also, another familiar type of fairy or elf from English folklore is the brownie, which basically is a house elf, from what I understand of it, doing housework and chores and whatnot. Alright, so our next place of interest with the Fae or the Fairy Realm is the, Dru is the Druids. Now, these happy, playful fairies dwell in trees. Some say that the some say that they prefer the willow trees, and some say that they prefer oak trees. It is said that the Druids are believed to have 
taken inspiration from these fairies. The Hamadryad fairies or wood nymphs. Now these fairies are said to dwell in a tree and each tree is said to have one wood nymph, you know, living in it. Now it is said that if or when that tree dies, that fairy will die as well. So now, the kobold from Germany. These fae are thought, these fae are thought to be related to the brownie fairy. They dwell in mines and like to torment humans, but some say that they are not inherently evil. Although some think that they are the most dangerous and ugly of the fae, these fairies are from Germany. The Gwegith Anun. These fairies are from Wales. These Welsh fairies are of water, water fairies who occasionally take for they are fairies that dwell in lakes and they will occasionally take a human husband. The Gwilion Scottish Fairy, who are usually seen as hairy men or hideous female spirits who intentionally mislead travelers by night on mountain roads. They like to sit on rocks on either side of the mountain path and silently watch passerbys. Sprites. These fairies are water fairies as well. They are only found in serene places that are also cool 
in temperature. So you just picture you a nice Zen garden with a nice pond. You get the picture. Their job is to change the color of the leaves in autumn. They're also said to be the muses and the artists and also the poets of the fairy world. Also, fire fairies, who are separated into two groups, the flame spears and the elementals. These fae have the ability to create and to destroy as well. And also, a fairy that I forgot to mention when I was doing my notes here. I think I forgot to tell you guys about the Azrays. Now, the Azrays are fairies who are thought to be small, delicate females. And they are thought if they are captured or exposed to sunlight, that they will turn into a pool of water. But onto something way more sinister. This goblin, which a goblin is a type of fairy, this goblin is known as a red cap. Now these are said to be the most evil of the old border goblins. They are said to live in old ruins of towers and castles, especially ones with a nasty path, a mat a nasty past of wickedness it is said that the red cap dies redies his red hat with the blood of humans that he attacks and kills obviously The Undines are another Welsh water fairy who are found in pools in the forest. They, ha they are said to have beautiful voices that can sometimes be heard over the sound of the water. Is a changeling. Are you a witch or are you a fairy or are you the wife of Michael Cleary? An Irish children's rhyme.
In a nutshell, a changeling is when a fairy steals a child away, possibly forever. But they will leave a horrible altered substitute in its place of the child. Many believe that a, fa a fairy baby is ugly and troublesome, quite the opposite of a human child who is docile and beautiful. Some say the reason were some of the reasons a fairy would steal a baby is because they had exchanged a human child for a dying elderly fairy. While others believe it is because it's thought that the fairy babies need mortal food to thrive and grow up. So, as we learned earlier, fairies are attracted to music and beauty. It isn't just babies who are at risk, but also beautiful young men and women as well. According to a Scottish tradition, it may have something to do with the devil. The Scots believed that the fairies made a deal with the devil, and so, every seven years, they owed him the blood a blood sacrifice. Instead of killing one of their own, they would abduct a child in order to pay for their dues. They would sacrifice a human child. Another explanation as to why a fairy would take a mortal is due to crossbreeding in order to prevent their bloodlines from being choked. They would kidnap a human, a child, and inject fresh blood into their clans. So how would the parents of a suspected changeling know if their child had been abducted by fairies? The baby would suddenly become very sickly and wan and fail to thrive. Their appetite may become prodigious. And they may even eat their family out of house and home and never grow out of being sickly or wan.
or Wayne. So, eventually, the child would become, would begin to become, to look deformed and have very strange features. They may also be aloof, and they may cry constantly, and they also generally just misbehave, and they may or they may not be able to talk. According to some traditions, the Fae may not even leave a replacement at all. They may just leave an enchanted block of wood or a clump of wax made to look like the child, but soon the enchantment will wear off, and after this enchantment wears off, which it doesn't last very long, the child seemingly dies. And after this will reveal its true form and its true appearance. But there is a way to save your child. Apparently throwing the log or the lump of wax into the fireplace before the enchantment wears off. The child will be brought back. It will restore the child. And did I mention that you can restore your child, you can save your child from the fairy land? Just to make that clear, when a fairy abducts your child, that child is stuck in fairyland until either it sadly dies or you have to some way bring it back from fairyland. And that's what we're going to be getting into in just one second. Also, um, I wanted to make it clear that with the situation with the lump of wax or the piece of wood, you would have to throw the piece of wood or the wax onto a fire or a fireplace and burn it to restore your child. But that brings us to our next part. How can you get your how can you get your child back from the fairyland before it's too late? Well, even if you do get your child back from the realm of fairies, he or she will never be the same. They will always long for the life of fairyland, and according to the, according, that's according to the Irish, but according to the Japanese, the child must be returned from fairyland before they can eat any fairy food, or else the exchange is irreversible. They can never come back.
In the legend of the widow of Leonfabon, a wise man instructs a mother on a series of tasks on how to get her child back from the fairyland. Now these tasks included brewing beer in an eggshell. It also included cooking a feathered chicken, or a chicken with all its feathers still on. These actions caused the changeling to forget himself and make a remark along the lines of, I've never seen that done before, and I'm as old as the hills. And after making that remark, he's so shook and he's so shocked of, of those actions that the mother had made that he seemingly disappeared and the woman's child was then returned to her. Sadly, other traditions in even real life included burning and drowning to try to get the suspected changeling to give them their actual child back to them. Just like the case in 1884 when Anne Roche drowned her three-year-old son Michael Levy because he could not stand or speak so he was suspected of being a changeling. And that happened in Kerry, Ireland. Another reported case of the suspected changelings is the Bridget Cleary case in 1895. Now this is the case of a young woman being accused of being a changeling. She was suspected of being a changeling and she was tortured by, by her husband and six other people. And also, if you guys didn't know, apparently, fairies really hate iron. Also, I just wanted to mention that mermaids are also considered fairies, and the German mermaid of the Rhine, the Rhine River known as Lorelei. She is also a fairy. And you can look her legend up on Facebook. No, on, you know, the interwebs as well. But, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know there was a mermaid of a river. But, yeah. The mermaid of Rhine River. Alright, y'all. That brings us to our second darkest parts of the fairy world which is the Irish Doolahan, the original Headless Horseman.
So, our last topic for tonight is the Irish Doolahan, another type of fae or fairy. The original headless horseman. This type of fae appears as either male or female, but usually it is a male. On a black horse holding his or her head in its arms. The head appears to be dead and rotten, and it has a demonic grin spread across the severed head. The Dolahan carries a human spine whip, or a whip made out of a human spine. The Dolahan is also seen pulling a wagon filled with funeral objects. The spokes of the wheels are made out of thigh bones. The covering of the wagon is made out of dried human skin. Skulls and candles also adorn the wagon. The location the Dolahan stops at, or the house that the Dolahan stops his wagon and his horse, his snorting horse in front of, that location is the location that a person is due to die in. See, the difference between the Dolahan and a Banshee is that the Banshee comes as a warning of death, whereas the Dolahand is more like the Grim Reaper. He's more, he's also, he's more though, more so there to collect the soul of the person who is about to die, other than just warning the family members of the, impo the imposing death that's coming in the future. So, If the Dolahan calls out the person's name, he or she will immediately die. Other than dying in a few days time or whatever have you. Like we said before, when the Dolahan stops in front of a house, that's the location where somebody's about to die or, in, you know, in time. But if he calls out your name, he or she calls out your name, you will die immediately. There's no time in between there. Also, there is no way to bar a road against the Dolahand. All gates and locks open upon when the Dolahand approaches them. However, if you dare, if you even dare, watch a Dolahand perform an errand, you will have a basin of blood thrown upon you, and this will mark you as the next to die. They may also even lash you the they may even lash you with their spine whips or their spinal whips, if you will, if you're caught watching them.
take a soul. However, there is one thing you can do to at least try to protect yourself from the Dola Hand, and that is gold. The Dola Hand is afraid of gold, so even wearing a small gold pin can supposedly protect you from the Dola Hand. And maybe, just maybe, he won't call out your name, and he won't stop right in front of your house. Alright y'all, right, so welcome to my new segment idea. This is called Afterthoughts. Afterthoughts. And it's basically just thoughts that I had raced through my head when I was talking to you guys about our topic for the episode.
in some little miscellaneous little tidbits that I read while doing my research that I found interesting, but I, for some reason I didn't write them down just for time's sake or my hand was cramping for some reason other than writing or something like that. But something interesting that I did read about the whole changeling aspect was they believed that the Irish and you know most importantly or especially the Irish I should say they believed that they came up with the whole fairies and the changelings and all that stuff to explain the you know the mysterious reasons leading up to a stillbirth or a, you know, child death in general. And also they came up with that explanation to explain autism and, you know, some type of mental deficiency, either mental or physical, you know, setbacks, such as autism or mental retardation, which they didn't understand that back in the day they really didn't not especially not back in the 1800s even the late 1800s they had no you know real foundation to explain those types of things and for the Bridget Cleary case in 1895 I'm still not sure I mean I did watch a podcast about that case on Amazon.com, it was called Lore, and it was by Aaron Mankey, and basically what that podcast was saying that, you know, Bridget, she would go to the fairy circles, which is pretty common in places like Ireland and Scotland, which is basically stones arranged in a circle, and if you step through the circle, you can speak to the fairy realms and speak to um deceased loved ones and that's what she was doing she was trying to talk to her dead mother i believe it was and you know she would go to the forest and do that and try to get answers you know for her adult life but her husband he was not very you know he wasn't very accepting of that He tried stopping her from doing it, and he warned her about, you know, the dangers of messing with fairies. And so eventually she started acting strangely, she started acting different, you know, basically the same thing as what they were saying, but what children did. She started misbehaving and not acting as a wife should back in those days, so that led to them believing that she was a changeling. And they ended up torturing and killing her. It's quite sad. And as for the Anne Roche case, I I'm not so I'm not so familiar with that case. I just learned about that just a couple days ago. And if any of you guys have ever heard about that case, let me know. You know, let me you know teach me about it because I would love to know more. But obviously that was with a child and not a grown lady 
and he was only three years old and he could not speak or he could not walk. He could not speak and he could not walk so she believed that he was changeling and she ended up drowning him which is quite terrible. And also for the Dolahan, the original Headless Horseman, apparently the Dolahan also has the ability to have an all-seeing eye. He can, he or she can see through regions and regions of land. And he cannot speak freely. He can only say just a few phrases in the names of the people who are about to die. I thought that was a really interesting little piece of information that I thought I'd like to share with you guys. Alright y'all, that does it for me tonight. It was a real pleasure talking to you guys about the fairy realm <laughs> and fairyland. You know, it, it really is quite fascinating when you learn about the folklore and the history of all different countries. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast it was a little bit different from me it's a little bit mystical and a little bit magical and i hope you guys enjoyed this one i wasn't too sure when i was doing the research i was like mm, maybe this is a little bit too far-fetched or something and i just didn't want to come across the wrong way and you know just i didn't want you guys thinking that i was trying to make something that doesn't have a whole lot of substantial evidence of something being real as it being 100% real. It was just basically going off of the standpoint of Celtic folklore and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And pro we will probably include this with like mythology um, podcasts. You know, episodes that focus on that rather than hauntings and stuff like that. So, it should be pretty good if you're into that type of thing. Alright, with that being said, I think I'm going to sign off for tonight. And I'll see you guys next week for, you know, a new episode. Demimond Paranormal Podcast. It should be a good time. 
Alright, as always, I'm Tori from Demimont Paranormal. You can find us on Facebook.com, the same way it's spelled here, just without the podcast at the end. And we're a big paranormal family. Everybody is welcome. We do fun things, we do serious things, we post videos and, you know, treat ourselves to documentaries that I find on YouTube. So yeah, we have a lot to offer, and I hope you guys consider joining us. Alright, without any further ado, I wish you guys a good night, have a sweet dream, have sweet dreams, and make good choices, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next week. Toodaloo.